I think one of one of the most remarkable outcomes of doing a wilderness rites of passage for men is that they come out of the forest and for a lot of them they feel like they belong for the first time in their lives yeah there's there's a real sense of like whoa i i've been i've been running away from this auspicious um time called the now you know i've been running away from that forever i've i've been running away from this auspicious auspicious place called here and and in so doing that and doing that in nature all of a sudden there's this overwhelming sense of uh oh my god like this is my home um when when a wren comes every morning and wakes you up with its song there's an overwhelming sense of gratitude and uh sense of like this place is amazing it's beautiful um and and I get to be part of it. I get to be here. Um, that's one of the first uh, steps. And, you know, there's this, you know, the next one is like, what comes as a sense of responsibility, you know? Like, wow, this is my home and I belong here. And, and everything is just so gracious and generous. Everything in nature is living and dying and just uh, feeds a myriad of other things, other life forms. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this uh, spirit that moves through all things. And then all of a sudden the responsibility kicks in. Welcome to Masculine Mastery, a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. Alrighty, welcome back to Masculine Mastery. I am so excited to introduce you guys to an incredible man, Mr. Darren Silver. He is a men's rites of passage guide, nature connected coach, ceremonialist, amongst many other things. He's just a multifaceted, multidimensional being with just years of embodied wisdom and you can really feel when somebody is truly embodied in their heart and in their work and Darren is one of those people he has over a decade of experience working with ritual wilderness and living skills and guiding transformational experiences including vision quests all over the world and today in our conversation we dove so deep into really where men and why men are disconnected today and how to really reconnect men to their higher vision for their life, as well as to the planet and to the earth. And this conversation and really what we talked about is crucial for the evolution of humanity and the evolution of this planet. This conversation really struck me so deep. And as I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation, Darren and I connected about six or seven months ago on a one-day online men's retreat that I hosted. And during that conversation, I couldn't help but feel so much emotion as he was talking, just tears coming down my face as he's describing the power and the potency 
of bringing men into nature and reconnecting them to their primordial essence. And yeah, there's just so much that came up for me. And I just know how important this work was and is. And I, it's exactly why I wanted to bring him onto the show and bring him on as one of my first guests because I feel that this conversation is just so important right now. And before we get into this conversation with Darren, I just want to urge you, if you like this podcast, if you like this conversation, to go on over to Apple or Spotify and subscribe and rate the show. It helps me to spread the messages of so many incredible men from around the world and continue to bring people into these conversations. And lastly, we have a sponsor for the show. And I'm so excited to talk about Request Bar, which was created by my friends, Michael and Mackenzie McPherson. These are incredible beings that are just powerhouses that have created so many incredible brands and products that really are helping to elevate the consciousness of this world and helping people to feel nourished from the inside out. And Request Bar is a one-of-a-kind, high-vibe, plant-based protein bar made from ethically sourced, fair-trade, organic ingredients. Loaded with nutrition, including 10 grams of sprouted, bio-fermented brown rice protein, Request Bars not only melt in your mouth, but taste absolutely delicious and I can definitely attest to that. The only thing better than their flavor is the company's inspiring mission. Request Bar is here to inspire you to dream again, dream big, and take courageous leaps of faith in making all of your wildest dreams come to life. With codes of courage infused into every bar, Request Bar is your go-to partner in manifesting your biggest, wildest and most audacious dreams with four unique flavors the visionary which is chocolate chip and cookie dough very good by the way i've had that one the dreamer which is peanut butter fudge the risk taker which is cinnamon twist and the rebel the original maca dough so the next time that fear is threatening to keep you small and from embracing your ultimate destiny grab a request bar and take the leap. Now for anybody that wants to save some money and try out these incredible protein bars, you can head over to requestbar.com and enter the code mastery10 at checkout to save 10%. And without further ado, let's bring on Darren and we'll see you guys on the other side. Peace. Alrighty, we are back for another episode of Masculine Mastery. And really, I feel so charged up and so honored to have uh, Darren Silver on today with me. And Darren and I uh, had an interview about six months ago for a one-day men's immersion online event that I did. And really it was the most one of the most memorable interviews that i've done to date and i for those of you that don't know i had a podcast for several years and something that i was extremely passionate about and interviewed incredible thought leaders from around the globe but there was something that really hit home for me and i actually became pretty emotional during our interview because it really woke up so much remembrance so much activation within me on that interview with Darren. And so I'm like, okay, who are the first guests that I really want to have on Masculine Mastery? And Darren was one of the first people that came to mind. So with that being said, I want to just jump in with Darren and yeah, say what's up, brother. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. It's it's really good to be here with you. Um, yeah, given the circumstances of of the world and waking up today, and it's it's really quite smoky in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, happy to hear that, man. And yeah, just really respect and and honor your work and everything that you do to raise the consciousness of humanity and also the ca- consciousness of men. Mm. And for those of the 
you know, people that have never heard of you that have never tuned into your stuff. Can you just give us a little bit of a brief rundown about, you know, who you are, what you do, and, uh, we can just kind of dive in and flow from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, a large part of what I do in one way, uh, well, let's say it, it, it can, it can happen in a variety of ways, but the song line that I'm following is, is really about reconnecting people to the earth. Um, and to their visions. I have found over and over again that when um, people's visions emerge from an ecology of relationships and connections with nature, um, then their visions and actions and work um, feeds nature and feeds the earth and goes beyond mm. themselves. So they kind of are like hand in hand. Um and that when when people get really connected to nature, vision naturally emerges. Yeah, uh, so that's that's the essence of my of of my work. That that looks um, oftentimes like wilderness rites of passage, or um, modern day vision quests um, for all types of people. But it's turned out the past couple of years, um, a lot of them are are exclusively with men, which is a surprise to me. Not, nothing I ever set out to do um, and have found it just deeply, deeply nourishing uh, to mm. be to be out in the wilderness uh, with men sitting around the fire. Um, it's a it's a deep, it's nourishing. It's riddled by grief, riddled by joy. Um, you know, and I'm pretty certain behind every man there's a there's a pack of wolves and some bears. And some honeybees, you know, that are just weaving in in everybody's words. So, yeah. Yeah, that's mm. that's a little bit of what I do. Yeah, I I can imagine the expression of of and the totality of of your work obviously cannot really be put into words. It's something that is a felt and visceral experience that just people just have to go and do for themselves. And something that really <laughs> stuck out to me when I first came across your work and I know you've, you've worked with other organizations and men's groups and, and mm -hmm. all of that and really brought your essence into that. And one of the things that I saw when I first went on your website was sort of maybe perhaps your tagline, but reviving the wild within. Yeah. And I, I sat with that and I was like, reviving the wild within. Wow. Like just, I felt the core essence of those words as they were, as they mm -hmm. like stuck out to me on the page and I feel that's exactly what really everybody is looking for. And specifically men is to re have that reconnection with themselves, that wildness within themselves, that primal primordial energy. And then also that connection with the earth that we've lost, that we've, mm -hmm. we've just has been completely disintegrated and dissolved over this industrial age. And so mm -hmm. Talk about maybe the importance of this, this work. And, you know, I, I really want to stress the importance of this work just through this interview, and I'm sure it will come through, but you know, why now, why do men need this? Why is it the time for us to come back to these, these roots and reconnect with ourselves and with all of the earth and, and the feminine and nature and all of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that question. It's questions like that that I've been living into for for years now, and um, at times I feel like I got a hold of the lion's tail, and at time I feel, you know, completely wondering. Um, I think something that is quite prevalent um, amongst humanity today. And certainly in the West, regardless of gender, um, is that we're looking outward for points of reference of which to navigate our lives. And so if you imagine walking through uh, a city or a landscape or like a mountain range, you know, we're walking, having these points of reference, that's 17th Street. Oh, that's Left Hand Creek. Um, that's Haystack Mountain. Um, 
you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's necessary for us to orient to the world. And um, in the absence of philosophies that really give us the skills and knowledge to learn about those landscapes on the interior, then oftentimes we're marooned to functioning completely on the exterior of exterior of our lives. And so part of, I mean, I love this. I, 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 uh, I may have to use it as my tagline, the reviving the wild within it's on my website. I, it's something that came through, but I don't often talk about that much is really discovering those interior landscapes, those points of reference that we can really travel our interior. And that's our, um, that's our inner nature. Um, when, I mean, one of the beautiful things that happen going out into the wilderness for extended periods of time is the wilderness is always expressing what is. Um, I'm watching a robin. It keeps flying here on this branch in front of my window. It's like a robin is, is nearly always going to behave as a robin. Um, the cottonwood that it's cottonwood tree that it's resting on is pretty much always going to behave as a cottonwood. And us humans, we can, um, we can lie and we, we, uh, unconsciously often do. And so when we immerse ourselves in nature with the constant expression of what is, then our inner nature naturally is drawn forth because it gets mirrored and the layers that aren't us begin to fall away and our interior landscape, those interior points of reference um, become more punctuated. They're, they're easier to see. Um, why is that important? Wow. I mean, um, our integrity, honesty, our visions, um, our sense of wholeness, uh, all reside in, in, in knowing that landscape. And I'm also under the influence of the idea that we live um, on a feminine planet. Uh, and so to discover our inner nature is, is also when, when we get down to the bone, then we are, we are uh, uh, I think, following the original instructions of being a human being living on planet Earth you know, or earth mother or mother earth. Um, you know, maybe there's a masculine planet out there. Uh, I don't know what it would be like, but, but I really believe this is a, this is a feminine planet. And so for men, um, you know, it's, uh, it's so critical because even biologically, like we're outward facing, Right. Um, and so it's, it's even more important for us to get in tune with that interior. Um, yeah. And, and, and we've come to a point where, you know, we're again, regardless of gender, we're so out of balance. Um, so out of balance. And so, yeah, that, that's why I feel like it's, it's really important at this time. Um, that's on the human level and, and going out in the wilderness, uh, it is my experience that a cottonwood or a robin or a bull snake or a mule deer, um, also like to be recognized. Um, also like to be part of our conversation. Um, also love to be acknowledged and praised. And so by us doing that, we, we awaken places. I think as a caretaker species, humans, uh, that's part of our responsibility. Um, and, and, and perhaps one of the most necessary instructions received in the process of initiation long ago. 
was was how to be in relationship with nature and be responsible and a care and a caretaker to the places that we live. Hmm. Mm. I have yeah. to keep I have to keep pausing because uh I want to riff on this for a long time. <laughs> I'm I'm honoring the pauses and any anything else that you want to add to that is very much welcomed and and really just continuing to soak in every word that you're saying because it's really hitting home for me. Mm. Yeah, thanks bro. Mhm. You know, I I see nature as this you know, in the way you, you explain it so eloquently and, you know, just even speaking to my own personal connection with nature, there's, there's something that nature does that nothing else can do. And I mm. often say that it's a truth serum. It brings truth to the surface mm-hmm. without us even having to do anything, but just exist within it. And it's the nature that brings up all of the lies that you spoke to, all of the things that maybe we haven't been honest with ourselves, it will bring it to the surface to be seen mm-hmm. and to be transmuted. And, and also for that, that point of, of reconnection of, of, of a man, of a woman, of whatever gender that you relate to, it doesn't matter you and nature existing as one and that inner nature, that true nature that is always within us to be fully awakened through these experiences. And, and really at the end of the day, I haven't, I, I told you when we first met in January, I'm like, I will be there. And I I'm still have September mapped on my, on my calendar. I'm like, I will, I will be there, um, for one of yeah. your experiences, but yeah, uh, where I was going with that, I'm not sure, but yeah, this this idea of truth serum and nature really spoke to me when you were when you were talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's a there's a there's a log around the fire. There's a space around the fire for you. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, speaking about men's work, I. I uh, I never got to see Robert Bly in person, mm-hmm. uh, but I've certainly listened to a lot of his uh, audios that are out there and read his books. And I, I like, I just remember this one piece and, and I'm saying this just to, to balance out what we're, we're talking about nature. Um, I remember him saying one time, like uh, something like there's parts of nature that, don't give a damn whether you have your truth or not, you know, it's going to eat you alive when you go out there. And so there's that realness too, you Mm. know, there's that realness that I think, uh, can be so startling, um, because we get to embrace the unpredictability, um, the sense of like, it doesn't matter how many fucking asanas I did this morning. Um, that lightning storm is going to come and it's going to like, it's, it's, I'm going to be drenched and I'm going to be cold and it's going to be loud or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, 80 mile an hour winds that are going to rip my clothes off of me. You know, I mean, it's like there, there's that, uh, necessity that we are so insulated from in our days that going out there is so just raw. Like, um, the, I, I, we were talking a little bit before we started and, and I'm in between programs right now and, and I'm building a little outdoor cob kitchen. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to build. So it's like, I'm learning on the job kind of training and, um, it's a blast and it's, it's so nourishing for me. And, you know, I'm out there at eight o'clock this morning, nine o'clock, and it's already like blistering hot, you know? Um, I mean, I'm just like pouring sweat uh, out there working on this, this what we're, what we're calling the Cobb Cabana. And, um, and that's real, you know? It's real to have sweat pouring um, from us and we're just so insulated. And that's one of the biggest things about initiation. Um, in my studies and experiences is it cracks uh, and dismantles the idea that the purpose of life is to be comfortable. Mm. 
Mm. Um, Cause you know, uh, if we're still operating under that premise that the purpose of life is to be comfortable, um, then we are going to do whatever means uh, we have to fulfill that desire, which is the world we live in today, which is um, quite quickly uh, eroding the life systems that support us. Yeah. So it's not that like, you know, comfort isn't nice or, you know, any of that. I'm not saying that, but that's not the purpose of existence. Um, and so being out, out there, it's like, it's real, you know, it's, it's a real encounter. You know, the, the communication is direct. Oftentimes when I talk about, um, teaching fire by friction, whether it's a hand drill or whether it's a bow drill, um, that because we ourselves are so intimately connected with the process of creating fire, that we are able to receive ancient wisdom and knowledge from making fire. But we Mm. interact with fire every day. I mean, most of our cars, electric or not, fire is in its... uh, you know, motivating us down the road. And, uh, and yet there's so many degrees of separation between us and that combustion that we can't access that original wisdom. And so when we start working it and making fire directly, then all of a sudden there's a tremendous amount of information and communication that occurs. And so that's the realness when we get out into the wild, it's like all of a sudden we don't need um, Google. <laughs> we don't. We don't need a plethora of books. I love Google and I love books, but you know, there's there's a direct um, transmission of information that we need at that time to forward our lives. Mm. And uh, you know, there's there's certainly Google consciousness where meaning people get this beautiful truth and they're ready to like get the next one do the next search. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's something that's going to take years to bring into your life. You know, where you're no longer holding the teachings or teaching the teachings, you've become them, you know, you've lived and died by them. Uh, So I don't know where we are. I just started riffing. (laughs) Well, you know, this is why I like this platform and like this conversation, because there is the opportunity just to be authentic and real. And I, you know, everything you just said and really just came through so profoundly is this idea that really we've lost touch with our own inner wisdom. And, you know, through the um, comfort, the comfort of everyday life of living in the modern world and, you know, living in these beautiful shelters and, you know, perhaps even living a luxurious lifestyle, we've lost that connection with that rawness, that realness that nature brings. And so, and it's interesting because when you're talking about discomfort and comfort, you know, a few things come up because even in the luxurious lifestyle, there's a lot of discomfort. It's just that not everybody wants to look at that discomfort. And generally Mm -hmm. that just stems from the internal and the discomfort or uncomfort that you're speaking to is specifically in regards to nature and, Mm -hmm. you know, being out into, in the elements and, and interfacing with these elements in such an intimate way and what that can do to shape a person and to mold a person into, Mm. um, harmony, into, um, oneness with, with life. And, and really that weaving takes care of itself through this process of initiation. So perhaps we want to speak to that a little bit about the, the initiation process and, you know, the importance of that for, for men and why, going through this process and in really what this can do for, for men around the world that, that do go through this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, just sit with that for a moment. I think one of one of the most remarkable outcomes 
of doing a wilderness rites of passage for men is that they come out of the forest and for a lot of them, they feel like they belong for the first time in their lives. Yeah, there's there's a real sense of like, whoa, I, I, I've been I've been running away from this auspicious um, time called the now. You know, I've been running away from that forever. I, I've I've been running away from this auspicious auspicious place called here. And and in so doing that and doing that in nature, all of a sudden there's this overwhelming sense of, uh, oh my God, like this is my home. Um, when when a wren comes every morning and wakes you up with its song, there's an overwhelming sense of gratitude and uh, sense of like, this place is amazing. It's beautiful. Um, and, and I get to be part of it. I get to be here. Um, that's one of the first, uh, steps. And, you know, there's this, you know, the next one is like, what comes as a sense of responsibility, you know, like, well, this is my home and I belong here. And, and everything is just so gracious and generous. Everything in nature is living and dying and just uh, feeds a myriad of other things, other life forms. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in this uh, spirit that moves through all things. And then all of a sudden the responsibility kicks in. You know, whoa, you know, you're you're you're. Um, I'll find an example. Uh, if you connect deeply with a river and then you go a month later and there was a, uh, a truck that spilled toxic chemicals in it a mile up the road, then you get to feel that, you know, you get to find, have some sense of responsibility. And I, my sense is it's a responsibility, uh, that for thousands of years, uh, men were given real clear instructions how to fulfill. And that's not very clear these days. Um, it's not clear what uh, the earth, what our culture, what our families, what our friends are really asking of us. Um, and there's so uh, many conversations uh, pointing in the direction of what could be being asked of us. And my sense is that like it, it, it is a time for us to go out there and, and listen again to the earth, um, to really go back to those original instructions and um, really inform and especially inform us as men because you know, I, I've said this before that I, I really feel, um, and and in my studies, that the masculine is informed by culture, and the feminine is informed by nature, and culture is the mirroring of nature. True culture is a reflection or a mirroring of nature of the place. Uh, it's not necessarily why initiations were so elaborate for men in times of old. They were just as elaborate for elaborate for women, but they were informed um, by different elements. Hmm. So oftentimes initiation when a young woman was all of a sudden brought into the hut of grandmothers and elders was when their moon started when menstruation began. So it was it was it was uh, it was informed by their interiority, by their biology, um, by their the very nature. Their um, yeah, 
for boys and for men, it, it was informed when they started acting like knuckleheads, you know, <laughs> when they started, you know, being highly competitive, highly possessive, um, started feeling uh, attraction. It was all of a sudden like, oh, time to go. And they pulled all the boys out and took them away and taught them how to be in relationship with the earth and with the feminine and with themselves. Mm -hmm. And so in a time when we don't really have those maps of culture, you know, we live in, an, as you said, an industrial society. Um, oh, that's, that's still operating under the premise that uh, an uninitiated premise that the earth that we're able to, to extract as much as we want, just like a child still suckling on the breast of, of her mother, of his mother, you know? And so initiation was the process of like cracking that and saying, no, 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 you have to learn how to really be in, in relationship with the earth, with nature, um, and here, here's a here's a framework, a cultural framework of which to do that. You know, in a lot of indigenous languages, the the um, language wasn't purely or even exclusively for the purpose of communicating human to human. It that's, that wasn't its purpose. It was to bring us into connection with nature. Hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, and so, I mean, and that I would say language is a cultural component. And so, you know, we don't, we don't have a culture in as defined as I'm defining it, you know? And so what I really encourage men to do is we go out there and we listen again, listen to nature. You know? And then just maybe our, our lives will become more of a reflection of that. Uh, you know, and, and, and we can, we can begin to work from there, you know, and our, our children will, will have, will be one step closer to a culture, you know, it's like, I'm building this Cobb cabana and it's like, I'm finding clay just down the road and sand just down the road. Again, this is creating a structure that's a mirroring of the place. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, in, in hopes that it'll be beautiful, you know. I'm not a builder; <laughs> they fall apart quite quickly. But, uh, but that's the aim, you know. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's. I felt all of that and everything that you were saying there. Um, one of the things that I feel that's something that you know, just to be extremely vulnerable and personal about my own experience into reconnecting with myself has been monitoring my relationship with the feminine and the feminine within myself, the feminine outside of myself and the feminine being the earth. This has been a really intense process and a process of that's required a lot of radical honesty about okay. hmm, how I've been showing up you know, the ways and just starting from the interior working out, you know, from the interior, the ways in which I've, um, have really lived in many ways, especially in my younger years as this unbalanced masculine of forcing, of controlling, of just continuing to push, 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 try, 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 strive, strive, strive. Mm -hmm. And it's this model of masculinity of, of competition and, um, egocentric living that has caused this sort of dysfunctional relationship with my feminine who deeply desires to be heard and to be listened to desires flow. And, uh, interesting. I had a, um, an energy, um, session with this incredible woman and she's tapping into my energy and she used an incredible analogy that I'll never forget. And this is a couple of years ago. And she said, you know, Chris, it's time to, to just slow down a little bit. She's like, your masculine is, if I can, you know, equate it to an instrument, it's, it's like a, it's like a playing heavy metal music, really, really strong metal music. And your feminine is playing this harp, but it's being drowned out by this guitar that is just playing at all times. 
And that some, something within that analogy that she spoke to me was like very profound and something that I, I really never forgot since that point and really start listening deeper to what the feminine wants inside of me. And, you know, that then translates to the external of the way that I've, I've related to my own wife and how <laughs> our relationship has evolved and also have gone through deep challenges because of this relationship. And, uh, yeah, there's just so much there. And I -hmm. think as men, the most important thing we can do is to really come back and honor that feminine within ourselves and externally. And this doesn't, and I think what I really want, perhaps you can clear this up. And I think a lot of men, you know, when they hear the word feminine, it's, oh, it's, I'm all automatically the, the sensitive one and the one that is just soft all the time. It's like, no, there's a balance here that to be had there to, in order for this true warrior and these archetypes of the masculine to fully awaken, it has to have this sort of harmonization, this coherence with both sides. And perhaps you want to talk to that deeper. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to share in regards to that. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I want to say that um, just to self-reference for a little while, like the warrior in me, like that, that's a strong archetype that comes up. Um, and how it shows up for me is like uh, to know what is worth fighting for, mm. to, to know the ground that I do stand, you know? Um, and like, I think just, just, just developing that, that quality or that strength, um, or, uh, if you're looking at like a King archetype, like that type of leadership, um, those are all really valuable. Um, and it's like, for me, it's like, I have to know what I'm fighting for. You know, I have to know, um, like why I'm leading, um, or, or where I'm leading if I'm in a position of leadership. Um, I think that's something that's really important. I mean, in the men's work world, um, that it's like, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the mythic masculine, Ian McKenzie. Mm-hmm. on his podcast he'll he'll i've heard him once say something like what happened to men's work like in the 90s it was like they were reading poetry and now now we're doing like kettlebells and cold plunges <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's it's kind of it's changed a lot mm-hmm. um and there's obviously a lot more subtlety to both of those but to illustrate my point um you know we've we've really dialed in some really beautiful qualities of men's work in, in our generation. Uh, and it's like, man, we got to fucking know what it is we're standing for. Mm. You know, we, we got to know where we're leading to and to really hold a vision that's, that's beyond ourselves, beyond our own um, idea that we'll get to see the results of it. You know, what we're doing. Um, so that touches when we bring up archetypes and the warrior and, you know, um, because if we're still, if we're still empowering and calling upon those energies that, and patterns that move through the world uh, with, without the understanding that part of becoming an adult is to have a purpose greater than ourselves then, you know, either those energies are going to consume us or they're going to, you know, descend into us and we're going to start consuming everything else or others, mm. you know? Yeah. And that's prevalent in men's work and in women's work, mm. you know, calling upon these great energies and, and, um, no, not, not really fully understanding the consequences. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what touches me. And I, yeah, 
yeah, I'll pause there. Um, yeah. You know, the one thing that came up as well through this and really the overall conversation that we're having here, and I think something to, important to highlight at this point um, of where we're at, the intersection that we've come to in this conversation is that really what I think men are without consciously or perhaps even unconsciously know it or not is this is the idea of really truly having a purpose that that is beyond oneself and mm-hmm. to to really hold that within one's field and the importance of that for the masculine and specifically and to live with this purpose and whatever this might be. And I think so much of what we're lacking um, as a society is that sort of direction, mm-hmm. that that vision, that higher vision that mm-hmm. comes obviously from the experiences that you spoke to earlier and these these sort of quests that men go on. And so yeah, I feel deeply and even, you know, my own personal life and what I've what I've traversed and and have gone Mm -hmm. through and really what speaks to me. And, you know, in fact, this is a great time to bring this in. Uh, For the past four years, I've been so deeply emerged in this, this idea that was been fully just, just given to me through spirit, through my higher self and Mm. through dreams and visions is to what do I truly want from my life? What is the legacy that I'm here to leave? And, you know, of course, we're all multifaceted, multidimensional individuals that have many tools and skill sets and talents and unique gifts that we're here to bring. But how am I bringing this? Am I bringing this just to make money? Okay, that's an important factor of having being financially viable to provide for my family and all of that. But, you know, that is always going to be the result. And that will be the result of me being in my highest frequency of service of Mm. how can I give to this world and to create impact and ripples uh, that will, that will forever um, transform consciousness. And the one thing that just kept coming back to me is we, we, I have to step deeper into working with men and Mm. continuing to work on myself as a man. And it was ever since my son was born, he's three now. It was just like, this is the probably the most important work that we can all do as men is to really fully heal and come back to ourselves and then come Mm. together and connect within groups, within nature and all of these things. And so yeah, you spoke about men's work in the different um, sort of variations of that from perhaps the 90s till now. But what encapsulates men's work for you when you just hear the word men's work? I know this is many different definitions involved, but what is the full encapsulation of men's work to you? Mm. Well, first, I just want to say, um, you know, I just I want to honor you as a father. Yeah, thank you, brother. Um I do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if there's anything that kind of gets invested in a man's heart when, uh, more than becoming a father and going, Oh my gosh, there's, there's another life I'm responsible for. Um, and that, that kind of drives into one into a, a, a real deep sense of purpose and responsibility that you spoke of. And so thank you for sharing that. Mm, thank you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is men's work? What do I think of? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, what what comes is like uh, like a series of images and and also some some language and it's something like uh, uh, men remembering um, uh, their power in the world, power in themselves, um, men remembering and how remembering how to be in right relationship with power. Yeah. Um, I think it's a huge part of men's work. Uh, yeah, 
and power is such a tricky thing. I mean, it's like, what the hell does power mean? Um, the yeah. limitations of language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, power for me is like the greater connections that we have with the whole of life, the more power we carry. Mm. So um, one of my teachers, um, and certainly one of the most formative teachers to my path, Tom Brown Jr. Um, I would say that the man's one of the most powerful humans I have ever been around. And I have heard him lecture. I've heard him speak, heard him teach. I mean, we're talking 18 years, um, at least at the minimum once a year, spending a week with him. Um, he is in such connection. I mean, like an intimate connection with the whole of life that when he speaks, the whole of life is speaking through him. His mm. awareness is speaking through him. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's the you know owl fledglings. It's the um, the bobcat. It's the the dame's rocket flowers. All of that and having an intricate sense of awareness with that, the sense of inhabiting again one's own place. Uh, that to me is power because with that level of awareness, then one has choice. And if one has choice, then they are empowered in their lives, you know? So, um, men's work is, is, uh, you know, men remembering their power. Yeah. But it's like, it all of a sudden gets a lot wider and more dimensional with the way that, that I like to discuss power, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And oh, my God. golly, men's work is a whole lot of laughter too. Mm. I mean, it must be there. A whole lot of joy, a whole lot of laughter. Um, I mean, men have to remember that we're lighthearted. We have to remember that, you know, just as much as there's things worth fighting and standing for that, that if joy is not sitting at that altar, um, then, then we're missing a, a, a great river of life force. Um, and there's a lot of burdens men carry. And so to remember the joy, yeah, it's a big one, big one for me. Yeah. I really, I really appreciate you mentioning that. I think that's, that's a key thing that I think a lot of us as men forget. And I'm speaking from my own personal experiences and something that the wellspring of joy that does sit within me and to, you know, share even just, you know, I could, every time I reflect back on any sort of experiences, even just in this present moment of having this conversation with you and just feeling what it feels like to be in that full ecstatic joy of just being alive and being on this, on this planet and then sharing that with others. And, you know, it's in the greatest times, you know, just thinking back with my son, every, every time that we're together, there's some sort of just laughter that just comes from the both of us. And it's just like, wow, this is really what life is about. And yes, the higher purpose. And of course the mission that we're all on and to be the gar sacred guardians and protectors of this planet. And, you know, it, it, it goes hand in hand, it goes hand in hand. So I appreciate you mentioning that and, and bringing that into this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so much that's uh, of value that I feel that you bring, uh, just through your own presence and through your own heart. And, you know, there's, there's certain people out there and men out there that I truly have deep reverence for and respect for. And, and I really do. Um, even though, you know, we've had a couple conversations, I, I can feel the power and speaking to that power, I can feel the power of your work and also, you know, the embodiment of it. And it's not just, Hey, let's go out and do this. It's more, I've 
live this. I've walked this path. Let me show you and guide you the way and, and walk you back home to yourself. And that's what I get from from your work and from just speaking with you. And so I, I really do appreciate the authenticity that you bring to uh, this conversation and, and all of life. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I mean, it's just so good to get together and talk about these things that matter. Mm, I feel and that. And that are important. And um, yeah, I'm just, I was just thinking, you know, like a lot of uh, what I've shared today and we've, we've talked about um, in the process of getting a uh, getting a book out there that should be out in maybe six to eight months, um, mm. of which I'm really excited about, you know, it's 10 you have plus a title for it? Um, no, I don't. It's funny. I tell people, and that's one of the, one of the first questions I get is what's the title? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it will come to you when it's necessary. Yeah. 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 Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's um, it's it's bringing weaving this all together a little bit more. You know, writing is one of those things. I mean, it's like uh, like having the conversation here is is like uh, you know, free form. It's like a, it's 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 like uh, you know, um, I've heard musicians talk about you know the difference between live shows and uh studio recording and like a you know live shows are like rowing out into the ocean and studio recordings are like assembling a boat in a bottle mm. you know I love uh, actually jerry garcia said that and it's like the book is a little bit more like that like really fine-tuning um whereas conversations like this or when i go out into the wilderness and i'm guiding we're rowing out, out, out into the great ocean of possibility, you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. So it's a gift for me too. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. And, and as a writer myself and somebody that enjoys the process of really taking an idea that sometimes can be very, um, ethereal and, and really forming that and bringing that down into the, into, yeah, structure, into form such as perhaps, you know, manifesting as a book or a speech or whatever it might be. There's something that's powerful about that process of refinement because it's not only refining the message you want to share, but it's also refining yourself through that process. So there's a lot of deep work that's involved in in creating that and bringing that to the world. So, you know, I understand that wholeheartedly, although I'm not an author yet, uh, will be at some point, but I do really respect that process deeply. It's a tremendous process of, of growth and transformation. Yeah. Yeah. It's working me. It's working. Awesome. Me. Well, I'll be looking forward to, to checking it out when it's out. Um, yeah. yeah. So the, the last thing I just want to mention here is like my, my full intention at this point, as I mentioned in January, when we spoke was that I'm, I'm going to be coming out to, one of your, your quests and one of the things that I have marked on the calendar, at least right now would be the Vermont, uh, quest mm. in September. That's one's really calling me, but I, I just speak to some of the things that you're doing, some of the events that you're hosting in case any other men that are listening to this, uh, have this sort of call to come and join you and to be a part of your work in your world. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Quests, quests are a great way. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly in the summertime, um, spring, summer, fall is when I'm doing most of that work. Um, and they're all over. I do them in Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, um, and Vermont. Vermont is typically every fall and half, but this will be maybe my ninth year, eighth, wow. ninth year going there. The dates for that one, they shifted a little bit. Um, August 29th to September 6th, I believe. Um, uh, yeah. And 
trying to think what else. There's a lot of other uh, things that I do that are not necessarily like on the website that are public, that are more small groups that are, that are formed. Um, you know, sometimes there's one-on-one quests or small groups or a group of people that want to quest together. Um, that's a big chunk of my work right now. And I also do a form of divination, cowrie shell divination, um, that comes from West Africa, Burkina Faso, uh, specifically Maladoma Somme, who was, who was involved in, in the nineties in the men's work. Um, he brought, uh, this form of divination to the West, to the world, uh, not just the West. And so that, that is something I do a lot. And it's essentially like a, a 90 minute, 60 to 90 minute spontaneous image of the soul and, mm. um, and one's questions. I mean, people can come with questions about a dream that they had to big life decisions of, uh, moving somewhere or marriage or relationship or money or, um, ancestors. A lot of people, men, um, are doing ancestral work like mm. starting to learn about, whoa, my people came from Ireland or Scotland or France or Germany. Um, in my case, I'm first generation on my mother's side in this country. She was born in Iran. And so, you know, it's like there's there's uh, a lot of guys doing ancestral pilgrimages. Um, and so they'll come for divination and go, you know, what rituals do I need to do over there? Um, what ancestors are speaking really loudly? Um, or, you know, a, a lot of ancestral pieces, um, gift purpose pieces, healing, all that comes up in the process of divination. And so that's in between all the quests, you know? Um, yeah. And I, and, and what's really cool is I can do those over zoom as well. Um, Amazing. So, I mean, I have given divinations. I mean, just in the past couple of weeks, people from New York, people from Turkey, Istanbul, um, Istanbul, Turkey, uh, California, you know, all over the, all over the world. That's incredible. Yeah. And where people, where can people find out about that? Yeah. Darren silver dot earth is my website. D a double R E N S I L V E R Darren silver. Yeah. Dot earth. Um, that's a good way to get in touch with what I'm up to. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I would recommend anybody that enjoyed this conversation and enjoyed, you know, Darren himself and this just beautiful flow of, of, yeah, just, I really, again, my, my heart goes out to you because I feel just so much passion when it comes to this conversation. Even for me, it lights me up in so many ways. So mm. if you enjoyed this go check out his work. And, um, yeah, you know, it's something that really crossed my mind was cause I'm, I'm going to be hosting, I have an event or a, a retreat coming up in October in the big Island end of, end of October, a men's men's retreat, um, nice. off grid retreat center in the big Island, which I'm really looking forward to. And, yeah. uh, I, my intention, uh, going into 23 is going to be hosting many more different immersions and things like that. And one thing that crossed my mind is, Hey, let's do something together. Let me, uh, get, let me gather a group of men and let's, let's do something together because I, I, I truly want to support you and your work and, and, uh, yeah, just come together in that space I think would be epic. So let's, let's make that happen. I'm just putting that intention out there right now. Yeah. Likewise, brother, it'd be so fun. It'd be so fun. Cool. And, and, and gosh, blessings on, I mean, the big Island. Oh my gosh. I, I lived on the big Island 15 years ago, something like that for, wow for a three, four months, five months, something like that. I was just a young knucklehead at the time. Um, Big energy young, there. Younger knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I miss it over there. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for getting me on here. It's, it's a real honor, um, real honor to be on this. And, and uh, thank you for forwarding, my voice and all the voices out there of people doing really good work and, and you forwarding your voice and your work out in the world. It's just, it's just so important, you know, at, at nearly 20 years ago now, um, was the first class I took with Tom Brown and, and, and he, he really 
inspired this question of, of what's your vision? And the subsequent uh, questions and teachings he gave around that that are coming to my mind right now was he said, you know, if you had 24 hours to live, would you be doing what you're doing right now? And if you are, then you're living your vision. You know? Mm. And uh, so I, I give thanks to him and, and all the teachers. Um, there's so many out there. Tom Brown, Uncle Tom, um, Melissa Michaels, uh, Maladoma Somme, Martin Prechtel, you know, um, these are folks that I've spent time with and give great thanks to. Um, yeah. So there's also something I'm just going to drop this seed. Yeah. Do it. Uh, Do it. You know, there's, there's embodiment has been a big part of my path really the last 10 years. And it was this winter was the first time that I actually, I mean, we're talking 10 years of practice, um, before offering it. And I offered it this winter for the first time. Um, beautiful process, uh, in an uh, embodiment practice, an elemental movement practice that is based upon the philosophy of the earth. Um, and I got to do it out in Vermont with about 30 people. Um, and uh, I'm excited to do more of that. There's nothing out there yet publicly, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that as well. So with well, that, uh, yeah. Thank I you. look forward to all of it, man. Like it's just like a constant evolution. So I'm sure there's just going to be so many more incredible offerings and spaces that will be available. So thank you brother so much for this conversation and yeah, for everybody that wants to go check them out, darrensilver.earth and uh, yeah, we'll flow from there. All right. I'll talk brother. to you soon, brother. See ya. See ya.